0: welcome everyone to the mightiest podcast in the nine realms metas and mutants i am tombstone the dead man and this is he who is above all super side guy what up what's good super side guy
1: oh you know always got something
0: (laughs) well speaking of that there was something i saw today that i absolutely have to play on the show because if this doesn't remind me (laughs)
1: Was was it oh, the Kermit show. song?
0: Let's <laughs> yeah, Was it this the Kermit song? <laughs> this is a hit, sir. This is a this shout is out a- to SPJ for sharing
1: that. Because this, oh this my hit, that
0: bro. song is hilarious. <laughs> it is on point. So I'ma share it now and um we're gonna uh come back with the news on the other end.
2: Why are there so many films about Batman? We get it, his parents died. He'll fight the Joker and probably the Riddler. Hey, is Catwoman on his side? Not sure. The story's been told yet we still have to see it I know Bruce Wayne's gonna grieve his voice will be ready defend Gotham City we live (laughs) in a society his power is being rich he'll go around and beat up for folks who've turned to crime. Facts! Commissioner, Catmobile, Catwoman flirting, (sighs) a three-hour running time. It's just so crazy, the plot is so lazy, and yet I'm still hyped all the same. His voice will be pretty his attitude shitty. <laughs> the Joker, the riddler and Wayne all of us under its spell Not we all No it'll probably be every <laughs> Hollywood's half asleep Everything's remakes. It's all about money, not art. That's why there's so many films about Batman. Let's just skip the orphaned part. (laughs) I've seen it too many times, I ignore it. We get it, it's traumatizing. His voice will turn gritty, (laughs) defend Gotham City. We live in a society, Joker and Robin and Rizzer and Harley and Poison Ivy
0: what happened to her listen let me tell
2: you that fucking video (laughs) got
1: me when i saw that i was like all right all right
0: (laughs) oh i love waking up to the smell of bat slander in the morning
1: and you know what i'm i've heard nothing but good things about the current movie
0: same same well i did hear one one disgruntlement from one person but everybody else says that it's an epic movie,
1: right? Yeah, everything I've heard is just, it's amazing, it's amazing. I think I saw one comment saying, oh, I don't get this, like, without going into it because I haven't seen it myself, but I saw a quick explanation. It's like, yeah, you know, that makes sense because from even from what we know remember it's supposed to be like Batman in his formative years as right. Batman like the first year like, or two like
0: year 1 yeah Batman year 1
1: so yeah. it's like the complaint that I heard was made is like well how come he's he hasn't reconciled being Bruce Wayne and Batman he's all this and, and he's super awkward as Bruce Wayne but he's all because he's you, Batman because it's you like don't yeah
0: understand and
1: I'm like with, well <laughs> I haven't seen it yet Right. But from what I know of it being around year one and year two, that makes sense. Because during that period, sense. Batman was just focusing only on Batman. Bruce Wayne was literally just the guy who paid the bills on the mansion. That's pretty much That it. was the extent of Bruce Wayne's development yeah. in that year or two. So exactly. it makes sense if that's actually true.
0: Yeah. Sometimes people have the uh the complaints they do because they haven't really been paying attention to what's being what was um offered about the movie before they went in there. So they go in there they have this expectation. I saw the same thing actually with the first Tom Holland Spider Man movie. I saw a complaint from a friend that oh he just doesn't feel like Spider Man. I said, okay so you you, you do understand that the purpose he, he's been Spider-Man for art. six months. Right. He's not the polished dude that we all know and love. And honestly, if you know anything about the character, you know, when when they created the character, they did not start him at polished. They started him as that 16-15-year-old kid in high school, right? So and, and if you read those old stories, he was certainly not polished, right? By no stretch of the imagination. We a lot of us, um, if you follow back then, a lot of people that, that first run, first generation of Spider-Man fans, they grew up with the character. They literally grew up with the character. So, yeah. you know, it's it's not it it's not what you, your expectation, but you can't expect him to be pilot, pop, polished, quib throwing uh, 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 Spider-Man when he's only been Spider-Man for six months, right? his costume we when we first got introduced to him in the mcu he had a, he had that shitty costume that he, yeah. made, he just made you know like he, he's not he wasn't polished man
1: it was like it was a hoodie outfit. sewn onto a shirt and with goggles or yeah shit. goggles yeah. to keep things out of his face it's like yeah dude he's <laughs> he's literally been spider-man for six months he even right. mentions it is like yeah it's about six months ago right he literally mentions that in that scene
0: so I think the expectation that people had when the movie came out, well, it really, it was one person that I heard made this, um, this criticism, but like they didn't like the scene where he, um, where he was out there in some part of the uh, a residential area and it wasn't no skyscrapers, so he was literally <laughs> in the car. Like that makes sense to me though. Like he's not, he's not this experienced version of himself. So anyway, I haven't seen the Batman movie yet either, but. If there's ever a chance to do any bat slander, I'm gonna take it especially if I actually see the movie and like it. I won't have a chance to oh yeah it. so <laughs> you know what I'm I won't have a chance to slander it if I like it. so we're gonna get that slander in early <laughs> um but anyway, we got a uh, we got some news for y'all today before we get into our um uh main discussion um and I think. Because this is this is definitely
1: your guy. I'll let you start with the first story. All right. First up is Ethan Hawke, who has been cast in the Moon Knight show. Has compared Oscar Isaac's performance as Moon Knight to Robert Downey Jr.'s performance as Iron Man. Wow. Listen, that he's saying
0: something. With, but I'm
1: not yep. surprised because Oscar
0: Isaac is a good actor.
1: People should not sleep. He's just done some pretty terrible roles. That's like, all.
0: Yeah.
1: He, but he's a good actor. Like, though, I, like I was skeptical of this just because his previous outing as a superhero, well, yeah, was or in a superhero film was as Apocalypse that looked right. like fucking and that's that Yeah, that was terrible. That was not the role. And, and it, and it wasn't one of those things where it. it's like, where you know, it wasn't. That wasn't one of those ones where I felt like. Oh, he definitely needs a a second chance. Mm-hmm, unlike mm-hmm. you know Ryan Reynolds, where it's like, right? He got that one, and you could tell like he absolutely nailed the role. And then Fox decided to do something completely fucking he stupid def- with yeah, him. It's like, yeah. yeah, we're gonna sew his mouth shut. And so dumb. It's like, my so dude, dumb. my dude, what? Yeah, <laughs> I don't think this. That was that was a role that
0: like the role that-, that I saw him in that I liked was when he was in that Star Wars movie as the as the pilot. Um, I thought he was really good in that. Like he was one of the people that, I like, typically with Star Wars movies, I tried to pick the folks in the cast that okay, this this is this going to be my Luke or my Han or whatever because it's a template, right? And I thought that the the, the pilot he played, he did a really good job as that. Like I was convinced. Yeah, no. he's a hotshot pilot, you know.
1: No, I understand that. It's just that's also literally. Other than as Apocalypse, mm-hmm. Star Wars Episode Seven, yeah, was the only other thing I had ever seen him in. Either ah. so it's like I'm not huge on Star Wars. It's like I'd seen that. It's like it wasn't bad, but it's whatever.
0: Yeah, yeah. The context for I, the, the movie. I,
1: I don't think the new Star Wars trilogy is as bad as a lot of the fans people saying me, it either, is, me either. But me I don't either. think it was anything special either. Mm-mm, it was just a. Mm-mm. I've seen it once. And that's that's enough. I don't feel like I wasted my time. Right. But right. I'm not gonna go out and watch it again.
0: Exactly.
1: Exactly. And then the only other thing I'd seen him in was as Apocalypse in the the last Fox movie, and it was so. It was like. I didn't have a lot to go off of him, and mm-hmm. the two things I'd seen him in I thought were meh and trash. <laughs> so it's like I, I was skeptical of this. Right, but, right. But the more I've been seeing of it and how seriously he's been taking this, plus, again, it is one of my favorite characters. Right. And like everything we're seeing of it more and more, it's like okay, I'm actually really into it. It's like okay, okay, he's nailing what I've seen in the trailers, everything else. So, but yeah, right. that is a hefty comparison. Yeah, it is. That's saying something. So yeah, you gotta live up to that. Ethan Hawk and Ethan Hawke's a fairly well-established actor who's very true. Who's a fairly good judge of skill when it comes to that too? So right, right, that adds some credence to this. Mm-hmm. But it's uh, Marvel Studios' newest original Disney Plus series, Moon Knight, is set to premiere next month. Uh, this was written in February, like the mm-hmm. tail end of February, so it's actually this month, end right. of the month. I'm literally counting down the days. <laughs> The series features Oscar Isaac in the titular role, as well as Ethan Hawke as his primary antagonist. With the series shaping up to be perhaps the most unique new original series thus far for the MCU, it's also shaping up to be quite an exciting performance from an acclaimed actor like Oscar Isaac, whom Ethan Hawke compared favorably to the MCU's first superhero, Robert Downey Jr. Hmm. RDJ's portrayal as Tony Stark, a.k.a. Iron Man, has been widely regarded as one of the best casting decisions in all of comic book movies. His performance has also received universal acclaim, particularly in his final outing in Avengers Endgame. With a complex character like Moon Knight, Oscar Isaac has a lot to live up to, Mm -hmm. and he opened up about the risks to Empire Magazine. It's risky. He's an obscure hero, and the things we're dealing with are very different but because it's a limited series rather than a movie the pressure isn't there to make sure the opening weekend is massive we're able right. to take more risks to bring that experimental quality on a huge scale right and i think that's important too because a character like moon knight one of the he- has a lot of heavy themes to the comics it's questions of faith Mm-hmm. And more than just the oh, is God real or not? Which in the right, it which in the Marvel universe, gods are real. It's very well established. Yes, hell, and half these guys work with gods on a semi-regular exactly, basis.
0: Exactly. So exactly.
1: it's more like because Mark Spector is a Jewish superhero. His father was a rabbi. He was tortured by a Nazi war criminal as a kid. Mm-hmm. Like there was a whole bunch of like deep shit and there's a lot of questioning of faith after he like kind of lost his faith, became a CIA assassin and all this other stuff. Right. right. Mercenary for hire done a lot of shady shit. Like he has serious questions of faith about himself and then gets resurrected by an Egyptian God of the night and vengeance. (laughs) Right. And he regularly has questions of faith about that. Mm-hmm. It's a regular theme of Khonshu going between definitively real to a figment of Mark's imagination Right. combined with his multiple pers- – or disassociative identity disorder, so multiple personality disorder. It, right. There's a lot of questions where even if it seems like he's definitively real, is it – is it only real because Mark Spector thinks it's real because it's mm-hmm. one of his other person. I was like, it goes into a lot of, a lot of heavy topics there. Right. That's not something I think you could pull off in a two hour movie.
0: Nah, I don't not,
1: so not, not, and have the story done well. You couldn't right. tackle that many issues. Well, if it was just one right. or, one or two, you'd be able to do it. Right. Right. But it's like Ethan Hawke had nothing but high praise for Oscar Isaac, hoping hyping up his performance favorably above even that is Robert Downey Jr.'s Iron Man. It's like saying it's an electrifying performance. Robert Downey Jr. has got to run for his money. Wow. Both Oscar Isaac and Ethan Hawke receive regular acc- acclaim for their work. The fact that we have two of the best actors working today involved with this series is exciting. Right. And although it's expected to hear actors praise their co-stars to promote their upcoming projects, mm-hmm. the kind of character that Moon Knight is requires an actor of great skill. And to hear Ethan Hawke compare Oscar Isaac to Robert Downey Jr. is an intriguing sign. And then it yeah. just goes into a summary of the show, so. Right.
0: That's, um, well, look, look, like I said, man, I, this is one of the ones I'm looking forward to a lot, and I'm sure a lot of people are. This is heavy praise by Ethan Hawke to say that he is, uh, to even make a comparison to Robert Downey Jr. in this. So, um, I'm ex- I was excited to see them. Trailers look amazing for real.
1: Oh, trailers yeah, look amazing. absolutely.
0: You know, so I'm hyped for it. I want to see it. Um, <laughs> Now this next one is is very interesting. All right. Steven Mel take shots at John Cena after Peacemaker's arrow this. <laughs> hilarious. Hilarious stuff. Um Peacemaker versus uh Green Arrow, who you got?
1: Ooh. It's tough, right? In the comics, I got uh, uh gotta give it to Arrow in the comics. Yeah, yeah. In the yeah. live action stuff, mm-hmm. I haven't seen a whole lot of Arrow, mm-hmm. but from what I have seen, I gotta go with Peacemaker.
0: I think Arrow is a uh, a better hand to hand combatant.
1: Yeah. He's, oh, absolutely. He's a like, but so... do you but mm-hmm. on the live action versions, do you think Peacemaker's letting it get to hand to hand combat? No, he's gonna shoot at him. Exactly.
0: But you but you know. As a guy running around town with a bow and arrow, <laughs> he fighting criminals. He's used to getting shot at, so
1: Peacemaker better bring. Yeah, his he's getting used to being shot out. at, but <laughs> is he used to being shot at by guys like Peacemaker? Yeah, that's true. That's remember, true. Remember, I'm he has to think helmets. Of the
0: vigilantes or or, uh, or villains that he's fought that are like 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 seriously gun dudes, and I can't really think of any. There, a lot of those guys were either like him, whereas they had these skills, hand hand combat, the bow and arrow, all of that, or they were just regular... Regular thugs. with Regular thugs with, with guns
1: or whatever. Your so regular goons point. that get beat down by fucking exactly. teenagers on a regular basis without breaking a sweat.
0: I think the closest to that is Deadshot. Like dead, he's gone against Deadshot. <clears throat> so... Um... That's the. I think that's the only one I can that I can honestly say that he's had experience with that way. And Deathstroke too, but the, that version of Deathstroke, he wasn't heavy on the gunplay. You know, that version of him was mostly, you know, hand to hand. He had that Marakuru uh, uh, serum, you know, that made him super strong and super durable and stuff. So it was mostly a. He's mostly a physical threat. You know, yeah. more so than handguns. You know, the, the Deathstroke in the comic books, he'd probably shoot the wings off a of net. But but this version of him, he wasn't as focused on that. It was more, he could fight. <laughs> you know, he could fight real good. Um, So the article <laughs> starts off and says, John Cena wasn't playing Cupid in the final finale, in the, in the season finale of Peacemaker when he took a shot at Arrow. Thursday's season finale of the HBO series had a line that crossed over the superhero line. The Peacemaker said, Green Arrow goes to brony conventions dressed as the back half of Twilight Sparkle with a four-inch wide butthole drilled in the costume. (laughs) For the uninitiated, a brony is a male fan of the television series My Little Pony Friendship is Magic. Princess Twilight Sparkle is a horse a butthole is, well, you know, the off-color jab was relayed to actor Stephen Amell, who played the Green Arrow in the now-canceled DC series. Amell, see, they, see, I don't like how he said that. It's kind of canceled, but the only reason it canceled is because he didn't want to do it anymore.
1: Yeah, his um, contract ran up, and they wanted yeah, to re-sign him, and he was like, nah, bro, I'm good. Nah, dead.
0: I'm good. I did I did all I could do with this.
1: My, my story's um, told.
0: Right, you know, um... Amel now stars as a wrestler on the star on the star series Hills, which I watched the first couple of episodes and I got busy with other stuff and I didn't um finish that.
1: Um, that's anyway, what I've been wanting to watch, but that's because Yeah, it uh, wasn't
0: bad. It wasn't bad. And I knew I knew Steven could do a lot of the physical stuff because yeah. he was he was he's that type of guy. It's one of the reasons he got that role in
1: Granero. Well, well and for me he's already done uh, wrestling. One of my buddies, Devin, got me back into Wrestling again. Yeah. A bit. You
0: already did a pay per view before. Yeah. Yeah.
1: But like, he got me back into wrestling a bit with a lot of the AEW stuff. He got me mm-hmm. into like one or two guys he thought I'd like, and he nailed it because I love them. Right. And right. now it's like, holy mm-hmm. shit, I'm i'm keeping up with highlights on a weekly basis and yeah, stuff that's like that. Crazy. It's like,
0: that's crazy. Mo-
1: mostly AEW stuff. But yeah, right. it's like watching CM Punk return. It's like, bro, I remember when CM Punk was the new kid in WWE.
0: Yeah, buddy, I remember that too.
1: And now he's that. involved in what's being touted as like the greatest feud since two thousands.
0: With a kid that, in all honesty, I would not have given the time of day to. Um, he looks, he looks bland. He looks regular. But somehow, that shit is super interesting. <laughs> that
1: shit so is see, super M- MJF interesting. is just one of those kind of guys you you love to hate, and he's charismatic. Mm-hmm. Like, he, he looks kind of plain with just a face you want to punch. Yeah. But he's charismatic as hell. And the fact that this feud actually brought in real life aspects of it. Like, yeah. he, he did a promo where he talked about how as a kid he got made fun of because he was Jewish. Mm hmm. And he was like, mm-hmm. Yeah, oh, look at this Jew boy. And people would throw, like, pennies and dimes mm-hmm. at him and stuff. Mm-hmm. And it was like, mm-hmm. And he was telling that story and how, like, wrestling basically got it. Gave him an outlet, and right. then how he was like just devastated and gave up on it when CM Punk quit wrestling, right? And then like leading that, and like all that story has actually been verified by multiple yep. people. I've like, seen, I've seen, 100% the old pictures of him truth, too. yeah. And it's like, the, the fact that it I've went it. there, and then how it's gone on. It's like, holy shit, this is this is actual storytelling here, and it's,
0: it's really good, and story it gets telling. you
1: invested. <laughs>
0: Yeah, and he did a mon. After he he punished, um, after he punished, uh, CM Punk, in that last little thing they had. I mean, bloodied him. Oh all yeah. that. that 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 monologue he did after that, that was stuff of legends. I don't know who wrote that, but that was perfect. Oh,
1: like, uh, from what I'm from was, what I gather in uh, AEW, mm-hmm. the wrestlers write their own promos. He
0: he killed <clears throat> that. What he said to him, like, because you know. I'm very much into dialogue and and, and, and all of this and stuff. And the
1: storytelling aspect And storytelling. That was but a big still... part of why I stopped watching it. It's like between how badly, the how bad it before. got for selling it physically.
0: Yeah. It yeah. also,
1: the storytelling was just also not very good. It
0: wasn't there. It wasn't there. He, 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 he I,
1: killed that. And I honestly haven't watched wrestling before, like the, recently getting back into it. Mm-hmm. Because, again, seeing CM Punk return, but, like, guys like Orange Cassidy, right. who I think is fucking hilarious. Right. His gimmick just makes me crack up so much. But it's just, like, seeing Sting come out and still wrestling and yeah. putting on amazing shows. And the mm-hmm. dude's, like, what, 62, 63? Yeah, and he's putting on shows that some of these guys who are, like, 25 years old they can't could even. not keep up with him. Right it's like damn man it's 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 one of those
0: moments in 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 the wrestling era where they're doing good work over there and we'll and people will be talking about that era years from now
1: i I, I caught the highlights of the recent pay-per-view between MJF and CM Punk too mm-hmm. the dog collar match. And yeah, I didn't get, Holy to, I didn't get to crap.
0: Yeah, I definitely want, I definitely want to check that out. As a matter of fact, um, at some point in the day, I'm gonna look and see if I can find some highlights of that. Um, but the uh article continues. Um Amel claimed he hadn't seen the peacemaker show in question. However, returning the favor, he disacted the scene as WWE passed in a tweet. I haven't seen it. Too busy showing Cena what professional wrestling should actually look like on TV. Oh The mirror burn, that bro, that's a burn. That's that that is burn. <laughs> but yeah, man. I, look, you love to see it. You love to see it. Um, like I said, I only watched two episodes of it before I got caught up with something else. But from what I've seen um steven does a very good very convincing job um in the ring and i knew he would because like i said he he has actually um engaged in one of the wwe storylines before and he did a good job when he was in the ring he's a very athletic dude like he most of the stunts that that was in arrow he did so Like he he did pretty good, so I, I'm interested now to see what Cena says next. Because Cena's a funny guy. Uh, people don't count Cena out with the with the with the back and forth. Cena is a funny, funny man. Right when he want to be, when he want to toss insults around. Because I saw him go toe to toe with The Rock, Uh just with just words, and he held his own. So I'm interested in seeing how that turns out. But what's the next one?
1: Next up is. <clears throat> Andrew Garfield has no plans to return to Spider-Man again.
0: Interesting.
1: And at this point, I think everybody knows Andrew Garfield and Tobey Maguire both appeared in the latest right. Spider-Man movie as right. Spider-Man. And right. And they returned as their versions of Peter Parker. Right. And there was a lot of talk of Spider-Man 4 being revived for the... Uh... Toby McGuire and Amazing Spider Man 3 for Andrew Garfield.
2: Mm. There's
1: been a lot of talks about that, so this is a a message from Andrew Garfield here. It's like, actor Andrew Garfield was consistent over the last year when he denied his involvement in Spider Man (laughs) No Way Home. Right. His major appearance in the momentous film proved that was a lie, and more than that, gave audiences hope that the star would return in a future film as spider-man once again in an interview with var uh, variety garfield said no plans that's the truth he acknowledged that everyone's gonna call me a liar for the rest of my life i'm mm. the boy who cried wolf
0: you know what i'm giving him a pass on that because marvel has been doing the misdirect for a while and he was signed to do <clears> what, <throat> what he was supposed to do you know i, so I'm I just found it test. hilarious
1: because like Someone asked Toby, and Toby straight up, yeah, I'm in it, what are you going to do about it? And Andrew Garfield's <laughs> acting the whole time like Marvel's got snipers trained on him. He's like, no, no, I'm not in it. I'm, I'm not in it, I promise. <laughs> 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 like, ju- just the complete opposite ways they both took it was just hilarious, because like, toby's whole thing was like yeah i'm in it but it all sounded almost tongue-in-cheek it's like right, okay right, like, right, right, like he's, he's probably not in it he's just screwing with people because he thinks right. it's funny and he's that's, done that, that kind of thing Spider-Man. before but
2: that's he's OG also
1: done that Spider-Man, kind of thing right? before too where that's he'll true. say he's in something or somebody asks just that's to true. just to get people to leave him alone or whatever it's that's true that's true so, but he, he's the OG though. <laughs> so yeah, he, he can do that. <laughs> Interestingly, though, Garfield managed to cause debate early on, consider, concerning his involvement in No Way Home, even after photos and behind-the-scenes footage leaked online. Tick, tick, boom. Director Lin Manuel Miranda mm-hmm. mentioned how challenging it appeared to be for the Academy Award-nominated <laughs> actor. Miranda explained, "To his credit, he never said it to me. He always right. denied it." but I was there the day it leaked. He was on my set in November when it leaked and he was in talks and I quietly went up to him like, bro, are you in the new Spider-Man? And he went, (laughs) shut up, shut up. (laughs) It was the worst acting I'd ever seen him do. And I went, he's got to practice that, that denial right there. And he got very good at it, but I was there when he was workshopping it. (laughs) (laughs) Oh man. Uh, Garfield made his debut as the web-slinger in uh, Sony's Amazing Spider-Man film back in 2012. The -hmm. franchise reboot spawned a sequel, but the poor box office performance of Amazing Spider-Man 2 resulted in the end of the planned film saga. His appearance in No Way Home was rumored early in the film's development, rumors supported by photos of the actor's Amazing Spider-Man costume, as well as a short clip of him on set, which he dismissed as being a deep fake. <laughs> Since the film's release, fans have called for Sony to continue the Amazing Spider-Man franchise with Garfield attached. No. Although no announcements have been made and it's uncertain if Sony will ever attempt to continue the franchise, fans can still catch more of Garfield in bonus footage for No Way Home. The 4K Ultra HD release of Spider-Man includes over 80 minutes of bloopers, behind-the-scenes moments, and seven featurettes shedding light on the creative process.
0: Do you know the reason why I believe Andrew Garfield is not going to do that? Because the type of person he strikes me as is he wouldn't want to attempt to cause any confusion with Tom Holland's run. As spider-man like and i don't believe you yeah. do that unless they made <clears throat> it perfectly clear that this was set in that universe because you know uh marvel was doing the whole multiverse thing right so they were set in that universe and specifically made that clear and i think as more multiverse type of um uh content comes from, Marvel people will be a bit more accepting of that, but I feel like Andrew felt like he was passing the torch, like the torch was passed to him. And I don't think that he'd want to do anything like that that would even make it look like um, it would take some shine off of what Tom Holland's That's just what I think. I don't know the guy personally, but that's what I get from him
1: a lot of times when I see his interviews. He seems like a very thoughtful yeah. yeah, he he is and he's also just such a huge fan of the character as well. Mhm. Mhm. Like I I've seen videos of like befo- uh, of like when they were announcing his casting. Yeah. At Comic-Con, but like it was before it was officially announced. He went up and was like one of the people to ask a question and Right. Just talking about how much like as a kid Spider-Man influenced him and everything else. It was like, holy shit. Right, This right. This dude understands the character.
0: He does. He really does. If you hear any interview where he talks about the character, he really has a mind for it. And for the record, while I was not that big of a fan of the first one, I didn't have a big major problem with the second one except for the very, very end. Even though that was a little badass sequence they did. Rhino looked crazy and the kid just being able to get out there <laughs> like yeah. like come on like that that just that that bothered me and I also didn't like um I didn't like his suit those were only my only complaints about it the story itself I, I liked um uh Jamie Foxx's that, that very weird version of Electro I didn't have a problem with it I didn't have a problem with um uh uh Emma as Gwen, and I actually felt bad, even though I knew it was gonna happen, but I actually felt bad when she when she caught that L and wind up dying or whatever. Like, even though I knew it was gonna happen, I remember being in a the movie theater going, oh, this is the part, this is the part. For those of you that are are young in this comic book thing, like, when that original run happened, I was reading Spider-Man. And I remember, I just knew he was gonna save her, bro. I just yep. knew he was gonna save Spider Man's not. He's not gonna. He, of course, he's gonna save. He's a hero. He's gonna save. Nah, man. And then <laughs> all the times examining that panel to see that actually it was the way he he tried to save her that killed her. That shit was traumatizing us again. Like when you saw the snap of the neck, that little snap. They made it very yeah. small, right there on the panel, very small. I was like, oh, it was, oh, it was that that quick stop with the whip. Oh, 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 that was traumatizing, you know. So I didn't have a problem with that movie, and if they'd have done a third one back then, I probably would have went to see
1: it. I, I, but... I still would like, not necessarily a third one to like continue where that one left off, mm-hmm, per se. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. But like they talk about how they've all hit their their dark points, their low points, right, and everything. Right. I would love to see a third movie where it's like exploring that aspect. That
0: dark part, yeah. And, yeah. and
1: same with like the fourth movie from you know Tobey Maguire exploring that dark bit where he did get agree. You know, I'd be up violent for that. and aggressive and. The stuff they talk about. So, like, basically, the years, like, just before No Way Home, I would love to see. Facts. Facts. E- even if it's, like, you know, a 20-minute or 10-minute, 20-minute, one of those feature things that, like, Marvel did all throughout Phase 1. Oh, yeah, yeah, those one-shot <laughs> the, the one-shots. The one-shots, yeah. I, w- I mm-hmm. would love to see, like, a one-shot exploring both of them.
0: Yeah, I, I, would, be, I would definitely be up for that. Definitely be up for that. Because the context is there you know what I mean Um, so the next one this is interesting Stranger Things star Finn Wolfhard joins the MCU it may make some of us feel old to realize that Finn Wolfhard the kid who plays Mike Wheeler in Netflix's Stranger Things is now a 19 year old adult with a flourishing career It doesn't help that the show has been on pause for a while, and many of us think of his character in season one of the hit show. However, the actor is all grown up now, and he isn't sick of Hollywood yet. He recently starred in Ghostbusters Afterlife. I haven't seen that yet. And with Stranger Things coming to an end after season five, his schedule is clearing up for what comes next. Thanks to some work from a trusted and proven inside source for Giant Freaking Robot, we've learned that it S- something pretty huge. Our source shared that Finn Wolfhard has joined the Marvel Cinematic Universe. Our inside source learned that Finn Wolfhard will be in an upcoming Marvel project. He signed on and ready to go. At this time, there's as much as we were able to confirm. We aren't sure which project he signed on for, what role he'll be taking on. Will he have a major part of th- in the Marvel Cinematic Universe? We aren't sure. Though his career though so, so far his career, has seen him taking on big parts for major franchises. So it would seem a strong bet that he could be taking on a recurring character in multiple projects. At this point, all we know is that he signed on for at least one. In 2019, Finn Wolfhard joked to comicbook.com he would love to play um, guy on computer as a background part in a Marvel movie while heroes went about their business. It wasn't long before rumors came up that he was cast as young Loki. It's easy to see why people thought that. He has the look of a reckless young Loki. When he was finally asked about (laughs) it back in 2020, he said that he wasn't cast in a role, but publicly said that if they called on him, he'd be happy to sign on. Well, of course. Yeah. Considering that he said he'd be quite pleased to play guy on computer, it sounds like he's dreamed of being in a Marvel project for a while, so the studio likely knew that if they had the right use for him, he'd be game so what is the right use for Finn Wolfhard in the Marvel Cinematic Universe? Those early reports that he would be cast as Loki could still be true as far as we know. Loki season two is coming. It would be fun if, after those early rumors came around a few years ago, they decided to cast Finn Wolfhard as a variant of some measure. While Jack Veal played kid Loki, the multiverse has opened up a fun can of worms as these things go. However, there are plenty of other possibilities in, in the many known and unknown projects Marvel is working on. Could he be playing a scroll in Secret Invasion? A mutant for the X-Men? Audiences still think of Finn Wolfhard as younger than he is. Hopefully, his new role will help change that and open up the types of roles audiences think of him as being appropriate for. So let me ask you this, uh, Cyrus. Uh, what role do you see him as that you think he could play? What character in the
1: MCU? I I'm gonna honestly, ah, oh, it's tough. He if he's already signed on, mm-hmm. it would imply at least one of the things coming up in the next few years, right? Because I was saying like he could abs. He's young enough to still hold a role for, you know, ten years is like Absolutely. likes to do. Absolutely. So I would actually love to see him play one of the X-Men, but there's no plans really for the X-Men at this point.
0: Right, that we know
1: of. That we know of, though we do hear Professor X's voice in the Doctor Strange trailer, so right, maybe right. there's something there. But Possibly. as far as we know, there's... No plans for mutants upcoming.
0: And right, right.
1: I I would love to see him as one of the X Men. It would. He has a, he has experience too. in ensemble casts.
0: Exactly, exactly. And
1: experience in that is definitely a big thing. Because like, for people who thing, aren't bro. used to ensemble casts, mm-hmm. it can be tough. Not necessarily being. Hey, I'm only in this row, this this bit for like five or ten minutes and done. Or I'm in this thing constantly, right? Instead of I'm I'm here for like sixty seventy percent of it,
2: mm-hmm. even
1: if I'm not always in the main part, whatever. Where he has that experience, right? So that would go a long way to almost directing people around on set. Like, hey, hey, don't worry about it. Just do this. Just do this. You'll be fine. Right. Because regardless of his age, like it is, he is 19. He's still
0: incredibly young. Yeah.
1: But that experience in those situations could be the difference between calming people down on that if they're either new actors or inexperienced when it comes to ensembles. So it'd be a good shot. And I could honestly see him as an Iceman. Bobby Drake
0: bobby drake is a good that's that's good i like that that's good that's a good choice when i looked at him as th- that, that first picture in the article i actually did think of north star but bobby drake is good
1: you see it's like as much as i'd love to see north star and aurora obviously because mm-hmm. you're not bringing one in without the other that's a fact that's a fat. it in there if it's Marvel. They very well could go with lesser-known guys. But yeah. I feel like if you're bringing in the X-Men, you want to try and bring in a, at least a few of the identifiable guys.
0: Absolutely. It's better for branding. It's yeah. It's better for branding.
1: And you know. especially after the very split fan base when it comes to the Fox X-Men movies.
0: Yeah, buddy. And yeah, e- buddy. even in
1: the Fox movies... Bobby Drake had a very limited role in the original trilogy,
0: and they chose they chose a good actor. And I like yeah. that kid, and they still didn't give him much, a whole lot to do.
1: Yeah, so it's like he's recognizable for the fan base.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: He's one of the original five for the X Men.
0: Absolutely,
1: even if they don't necessarily do an original five first class type thing. Yeah. You can still use him. He hasn't necessarily been explored heavily in the movies because, again, Fox didn't really use him all that much in the original trilogy. Right. He was there, but he's got, what, like 10, 15 minutes of screen time in the first movie? Yeah, he's not really the focus. in the second and third, he's got about the same, like,
2: Mm -hmm. maybe even a little
1: less. Like, yeah, he's was very untouched.
0: Yeah. So you still, still have, there. you
1: still have a blank slate to work with.
0: You have a story to tell with him. Absolutely.
1: Yeah. It's not like you're bringing him. in, as much as I love Wolverine, it's not like you're bringing in Logan. Right. Where we've had he's been a huge part of, what, seven movies? Uh, Eight yeah. movies? Mm-hmm. Plus cameos in another one or two? Like, And as much as there is more story to tell for him, and honestly, outside of a couple of them, I feel like there's far better ways to even tell the stories that have been told. Yeah, agreed. Agreed. Bobby, even though he was in them, had almost none of his story told, so he's still untouched in a storytelling aspect. Right. He's recognizable. He's a bigger name. And X-Men is a perfect one where you can... You grab a couple of the bigger name guys and you can go a couple of the lesser known or no name guys that mm-hmm. are around and you still get to do your, you know, your Guardians of the Galaxy, your Eternals. You're exploring the lesser known characters. still.
0: Right, right. Like,
1: right. Even if you don't have Wolverine as Logan. Daphne Keene, bring her back to play X-23 Wolverine. Yes, Because Laura Kinney takes on the mantle of Wolverine. You can bring her in as Wolverine, so you'll still have a Wolverine, you'll still have a recognizable character, and mm-hmm. a shout out to one of the best Fox X-Men films there was. Logan. You could bring in Bobby Drake as Iceman, and then mm-hmm. maybe one other person who's more recognizable, let's say Storm. Yeah. Because Storm's also been a team leader and everything else. And then you can from there you can fill it out with your Rock Slide or Armor or Glob Herman or
0: Right.
1: You know, your your guys who've been around, they've kind of been there, but they've never been on the movies. They're
0: They've never been the marquee character. And
1: they're still lesser known. It's still Mm -hmm. stuff like yeah, they've been in the comics, they've been on the teams, but they're not they're not the guys you go to when they're you not think main of X-Men. Stays.
0: Yeah, they're not mainstays. No
1: no one thinks of Glob Herman for X-Men. No one thinks of Rock Slide. Or e- Dust. Even yeah. Dust. And they've both... They've all had some, like, amazing moments.
0: They really have. Especially Dust. Dust is dangerous.
1: <laughs> du- Dust, Dust, Dust got dangerous. a huge boost in the Krakoan era stuff. Her, her use for... In the planet-size X-Men... Mm. Being like helping, responsible for terraforming Mars to a livable planet, yeah. and like corralling all the dust storms and everything. Mm-hmm. Her use in the the way of X Run, yeah. Finding out that her abilities aren't actually her just her ability to like turn into dust and control that, right. but the fact right. that when when she goes down, to, it's more turning into particle, not necessarily mm-hmm. dust, and she can. Uh-huh enter other people and connect them all almost not quite psychically but it's like you're sharing an almost spiritual connection right. when she does that like that's holy crap
0: yeah that that's top tier that's top tier right there and,
1: and to be honest something you said
0: earlier I think I would prefer Laura to Logan on the X-Men
1: 10. Again how how do you replace Hugh Jackman though like that's just it he's the he defined the role yeah and yeah. in all honesty until until we have 10 years or so maybe 15 mhm and even then because he played the role for over 20 years
0: yeah yeah
1: he very he's still going to identify be identified with that role
0: he even will.
1: even fifteen years from now, he will. But it'll be less compared. If you try to cast someone as Logan right now, oh, no man. matter what, they're going to be like, "This isn't Logan. This is right. this isn't right. you, Jackman. This isn't right. Logan." Like, why why did you do this? It's like, it's almost unfair to whoever gets cast in it the role really is. no matter how good they do,
0: they're not. They're never up going to, that to be in people's him. minds yeah it's too soon so on and, the other and, hand
1: if if you cast a dacking who's played the role of Wolverine if you cast a Laura Kinney who's mm-hmm. played the role of Wolverine you cast a couple of them you don't necess- you have your Wolverine and and you don't every, have the expectation ev- every that... x- men team has a Wolverine it's right right since since Logan appeared in the in the second iteration of the x men mm-hmm Every single X-Men team has had a Wolverine.
0: You have to have him.
1: It doesn't matter whether, you know, it's in the future, it's in the past, it's wherever. There's always a Wolverine. Sometimes right. the Wolverine's a dude, sometimes it's not. Right. You know, again, because you, we have had Laura play Wolverine as the Wolverine. on the As team. the Wolverine, right. Dawkins has been the Wolverine, the Wolverine on a team.
0: Yeah, even yeah. though it was uh your boy uh, Norman's thing, but still, you it know, was Wolverine.
1: Yeah, but at the same time, look at, uh. There was that all new Wolverine run based around Laura Kinney X twenty three. I remember that. I remember that. And there was a fair bit there where it was her, Docin, and Gabby mm-hmm. all teaming mm-hmm. up, and it's like, uh, I believe in the current Marauder. Uh, like the latest Marauders, Dawkins been recruited onto the Marauders team.
0: Interesting.
1: And they've basically said like, yeah, he's a Wolverine too.
0: My question about that is, just going off of uh, Dawkins' um, personality when he was first presented to us, he's a dick. Now I get it.
1: Oh, he's still a dick. Don't so get is his me
0: father, wrong. right? To be honest, he's a <laughs> yeah. roughneck, but his father was a dick too. L- but... Laura's
1: arguably the only one who's not a dick, and he's she'll right. still cut you exactly. for looking at her wrong. <laughs>
0: exactly. Like, Dakin is not, how can I put this? I know one of his powers uh, is to um, to uh, utilize pheromones to make people feel away about him. But well, not necessarily
1: feel away. It's It influences it. it he...
0: Influences
1: they, they actually explored that in X-Factor, the recent mm-hmm. X-Factor that's now over with now. Right. He can't change emotions that aren't there. Right. So If it, you're already there... attracted to him, he can bring that out. He can bring that to the forefront. He can make that more. If you're not attracted to him, you he cannot make you attracted to him through that. Right. Mind you, he can also... If you're angry, he can bring that up to the forefront. He can calm that down a little bit. Right. Like, there has to be that emotion there in the first place before he could even manipulate it.
0: And since that's the case, um, all I can tell you is when I first was introduced to him, I liked him as a character, but I didn't like him as a person. <laughs> this
1: yeah. guy's an asshole. Well, he he's grown a fair bit too. Like, remember a lot of when you first get introduced to him, even which I think was in an X Force run.
0: Yes, yes.
1: He was raised by Romulus, hmm who we all know is a dick. Absolute <laughs> dick with a grudge against Wolverine. Right, right. Uh he was trained by Sabretooth, who's a, Huge dick and yeah. grudge against Wolverine. Yeah, yeah. And he's trained with Lady Deathstrike, who's a huge dick. We're <laughs> we're using "dick" as a gender-neutral term here, folks. Exactly. She's a huge <laughs> exactly. dick and has a grudge against Wolverine. Wolverine, right? <laughs> like, right? Right? Most of the people he was tra- trained by and raised by, all they told him was. His father is Wolverine. His father abandoned him and was responsible for the death of his mother. Right. Which is true to an extent, but not true at all. It's right. He, technically, Wolverine abandoned him. Wolverine yeah. also had no idea he was yeah, born a, alive. Right. He had, he had no idea he even had a son. Right. And that was heavily because his mother was killed. And I guess technically it was because of Wolverine. Romulus mm-hmm. killed her because she was pregnant with Wolverine's child. Yep. But they never told him any of that. So all he knew was Wolverine abandoned his dying mother.
0: Mm-hmm. And
1: that's all all he knew. Like, you and know, that's
0: really all he needed to know to not like his father. Like, yeah. All you have to say to somebody, he did what? And then you get oh, no.
1: trained and raised by Romulus and Sabretooth yeah. and Lady Deathstrike and all that right you're going to be a dick
0: <laughs> listen interesting enough wolverine has a, another whole son out here and
2: yeah. oh you I don't mean know, jimmy
0: no, no not jimmy there's another one where where he went to i don't it wasn't the savage land it was some real obscure jungle area and apparently uh one of apocalypse's uh robot clones Malfunctioned and start believing that he was really apocalypse. And he was in that area experimenting on the natives there. Wolverine crash landed there in a plane. And he he fought the leader of that clan. And it was a woman in this this uh this bark type armor. And he won, of course. And he wound up, him and her wound up having a thing. So when he discovered what was happening to the, to the people, he then went to the place where they were disappearing. And it just happened to be a base that Apocalypse's uh, robot clone had built, and he was experimenting on the people there. And after a, a extended fight, and I knew something was wrong, because the way Apocalypse was talking, this is not how Apocalypse talks. And eventually Wolverine winds up um, taking him down, but he also leaves the island. And in the epilogue of the story, the woman was there with the with the little with the kid that had very similar hair lava <laughs> and all of that. And they have never revisited that story to my Wolverine knowledge.
1: Wolverine has had a lot of children. <laughs> and he's murdered most of them. <laughs> I'm not joking. There was a storyline about that where like. They were called, like, the Sons of X or something like that, mm-hmm. and it was basically one of the anti-mutant groups collected all the kids of Wolverine, Wow. brought them into, like, this almost cult, and they tried to kill him, and it, like, they ended up getting a piece of the Miramasa blade or whatever and wow. turned it into a bullet so it would actually kill him, so it was, like, him... Laura, Dawkins, and Gabby went to get a new basically set of armor forged out of their the combined pieces of their souls. Like oh, all damn. all four of them gave up a piece of their soul to forge so Wolverine. It's like
0: the this... blade, um where Wolverine had a piece of his yeah. soul in that.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah. Except it was to forge a uh, type of armor that would allow him to survive that and basically wipe out this cult, which involved right. basically slaughtering every single one of them. Jeez. So yeah, he, he killed uh like a hundred or so of his children. jeez I don't I think he can't live as long as he <laughs> yeah. and I mean to be fair it's not like the X Men don't have a history of that exact thing. That's true. Cyclops has abandoned his wife. That's true. Once
0: That's true. Uh,
1: Colossus, oh jeez! Colossus has a questionable past with uh, Kitty when they first, when they were first introduced to each other and hitting on each other and not quite dating, but they were like that close to it.
0: Mm-hmm. She
1: was fourteen, he was. 19. I
0: remember. I remember.
1: He's also slept with multiple women in the Savage Land and it was kind of implied that there may have been children from that. (laughs) Storm gets around. Thor, Black Panther, Wolverine.
0: Yeah. My question is, does Thor have any demigod children running around? Because I know he eventually has children. He'd have to. Right? Because he slept with a lot.
1: (laughs) He slept with a lot. There's no way he doesn't. It's just Unlike the Greek myths, being half-god doesn't entitle you to shit in the Norse. <laughs> Which means they very well could have just been extraordinary humans rather than right, actual right. demigods.
0: Ne- Nephilims. They, they were probably very strong. Had a bit of durability about them.
1: Yeah. And, and you know,
0: but they weren't... Yeah, yeah. That's crazy. Yeah. Like,
1: Like, there's, there's no way, as long as he's been around, how much... And they've openly said like he enjoyed sleeping with women after every battle when he was oh bro in the they, they literally
0: and, showed it in the yeah, books. There's, like, <laughs> there's
1: no way he didn't produce at least one child, <laughs> either that or he's sterile, right? And I don't think so because
0: we've have seen
1: the, future kids, we've and seen grandkids.
0: future kids, Modi, Magni, yeah. So and grandkids, the um the the Thunder Goddesses, his granddaughters. So, well, he yeah. also has
1: a daughter in the future, or and I he guess has it's, a daughter, a right? it's a potential. It's a potential daughter future, I think. Thorin, so it's like
0: there's her name, Thorin, something like that. Yeah. Uh
1: whatever her name was from. Uh, she was in the uh, Captain Marvel run.
0: She was in the Captain Marvel run, and she was part of the, the that little animated thing they made, uh, Avengers Next or Next Avengers, whatever. She was in it along with uh, Black Panther and Storm's uh, son. It was all in that same team.
1: Yeah. So I mean. And I think there was one version alternate... I think it was considered an alternate reality. I think it might have been a what-if.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Where Storm and Thor had a daughter as well, I believe.
0: Wow. Wow. And
1: honestly, I just want to say I want to see more of that. <laughs> like, yeah, we get it, you know, Storm and Black Panther. But I feel like that one never really felt organic to me.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: That kind of felt like it was more there are two biggest black characters, Mm
0: -hmm, mm -hmm. and
1: let's make them a couple because there are two biggest black characters. The relationship never really felt organic.
0: So, actually, that is from the Exiles. Uh, Her name was Thunderstorm. She was the daughter of uh, Storm and Thor. Um, I don't know how many issues she was in, um, but... I'm looking at I'm currently looking at a picture of her now. <laughs> and that that's what that was at. That was in the exiles. Yeah. That's kind of crazy.
1: Yeah, so I mean it's like and honestly their Thor and Storms reactions together have always kind of it, it seemed natural though not really Pushed and it wasn't really a common thing. So it's like, it I'd like to often, see that right. more. But like every time you see it, you're always seeing them like Thor just comparing, comp- well comparing their lightnings. Mm. But like Thor just is absolutely stopped. And said, "It's it's amazing. Your your lightning is so soft and warm. Mine but is elegant. like cold and cold and rigid and, destruct- and, and destructive. And it's like." Your your lightning is almost as beautiful as you are.
0: Mm-hmm. And it's like throwing throwing game, you <laughs> Thor, throwing
1: got, game. Thor's got Thor's got some game and like e- even storms like like I'm blushing. I I've, I've never been something like this and like your lightning is just so it's
0: because a god is yeah. giving you compliments. <laughs>
1: well, I mean <laughs> she's considered a goddess herself, right? And, I
0: mean, sure, but she's not she's not how can I put this? The gods in the Marvel universe are a species. Um, as a matter no, of fact, not always,
1: re- not always again, bro, re- we, recent moon Knight is actually mentioned because, uh, stained glass Scarlet has mm-hmm. kind of become a God of her own. Right. And it's because like stories have power stories. That's and true. That's true. So the stories and belief of storm being a goddess just because it hasn't really picked up doesn't mean she can't actually be a goddess herself because of that.
0: I'm thinking more in terms of um, the Marvel Mythological book or whatever, which gives a definitive origin for god species across the Marvel Universe um, rising up from uh, the life force of uh, different planets. So there's a certain energy. So Storm has definitive parents like we know where our par- like who our parents yeah. were so when I speak of, of the Marvel gods I'm speaking from that species so yeah a, really a god is anything that's worshipped if you're worshipped you're a god it's that simple it, it's not necessarily oh this thing has a certain power set or lineage no if you're worshipped you're a god but I'm speaking specifically in that sense where they gave the origin of all the gods in the Marvel Universe and where their kind springs up from. She hasn't come from that. That's fair.
1: But, I mean, it doesn't stop them from becoming gods and gaining godlike powers because of it. Because how many
0: times has Doom been a god?
1: (laughs) Yeah. Right. Well, like I said, (laughs) I'm looking at the current Moon Knight run where Stained Glass Scarlet is Mm -hmm. legitimately a goddess now. And it's because of the stories, the prayers, people offering, sacrifice to yeah. She's legitimately a goddess now. And even Khonshu was like, the only thing I can do is make you hurt. You cannot right. die anymore.
0: Right, right. So right.
1: there's nothing to say that Storm couldn't become a goddess in that sense. She, yes. Where if it gets to that point, she won't be able to die either. Like, at least not in the way... A human would.
0: Yeah, because death and gods are...
1: But yeah, it's like, it's at, at least thing. their interactions felt natural, even if you don't see it much. Her and Wolverine, They're... their relationship when they had the one, especially near the tail end before death of Wolverine, right? it felt natural. You, you know there, why? there was always that respect, there was always that camaraderie, that's, there was always that's that, it. Like... that interest. And e- even uh, Storm and Yukio... Yes, they, they had that natural. They had a that
0: they, they did. They and their did. relationship, think,
1: they had that. I think relationship. the reason her, her and, and Black and Panther never really had that for me, and that no, that no, one didn't. always felt like it was there are two biggest black characters. Of course, they're going to be together. And but that there's was, also
0: another. There's another way to see that too, because I've heard this argument. When they broke them up, there were people that was like, "So let me see if I get this straight. There's all these white couples." In, Marvel, in the Marvel Comics universe that are together for years and years. And you can't name a single Black couple in Marvel. A Black man with a Black woman, had a long-term relationship, had kids, or whatever. You can't name a single one. So that's yeah, why well, a lot of people was rooting well. for... They were rooting for Black Panther and Storm because... Where, where,
1: where do you see another example of black love in there? Like, you you don't see no, it. No. You don't see it. I, I understand that. Like I said, though, their relationship just never felt natural. It mm-hmm. really felt like it was thrown together because they were Agreed. both black. If Agreed. they actually built storylines up towards that, like they did with Wolverine and Storm, or Yukio and Storm, right? or even like Thor and Storm, where it never built up to like a relationship, but they had the interactions that were always very, almost romantically inclined. In I every the interaction they've Wolverine had, and it's always been that way. Seems so natural
0: is because think about this: they've been how long have they been on a team together? Oh yeah, but they I mean, like you, you that even, was warts and all, man. Yeah, like, but you <laughs> even go
1: back to the day like when Storm lost her powers, challenged still challenged Cyclops for leadership yeah. and beat his ass. Yeah, beat for his For leadership ass. of the team and mm-hmm. then Xavier got well enough to start going on missions. You even see like Wolverine telling off Xavier for undermining Storm's authority on field missions and stuff Fats. like. So like this isn't new. This has been back since the 80s.
0: And and actually
1: it, this Wolverine has, been has the 30, credibility 40 years of build up.
0: Yeah, exactly. She has, has the credibility to tell that to Charles because Wolverine is also a military man. Yeah, so 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 like a lot of the, a lot of the things that Charles like. That's why a lot of times I feel like because of Wolverine's attitude, a lot of them don't want to take him seriously with certain things. And I'm like, uh, he's the warhorse out of everybody that's on these teams. He's been around the longest. And there, been there, doing there's shit. a reason the
1: minute you need someone killed, he's the one you go right. to. Right. Right. Like, I never I never again, bought into Going into the, the Kricoan era. They they let Beast run the show for X Force and all of a sudden you got war crimes. Just, just fucking war Facts! crimes. Facts! Every other issue is Beast committing another fucking war crime. Facts. That's all upset.
0: Like I feel like To the
1: point where even Wolverine's like, bro. Stop it with this shit already! <laughs> right, like Wolverine, it's a reason. Wolverine would chastise uh, Cyclops.
0: I always took that seriously because I hell, know even Cyclops
1: they... took that seriously. To. Cyclops understood. Hey, I'm a good fighter. I'm a good tactician. If this guy says we do not do this, he's probably right. Probably right. He's probably no, not right. not just because, like again, he has about a hundred years experience yes, of on, war bro. experience on all right. these guys, of combat experience on all these guys,
0: and we talking across but eras. We we talking he, about yeah. from
1: Civil War, all the way up to the freaking uh, Vietnam. Like come on, like you yeah, use that knowledge. If, if there's <laughs> been a war in the last hundred and fifty years, he's fought in it. Facts, facts, and. He's been part of secret task force. He's been uh-huh. part part of all this stuff. Like he's he understands tactical strikes. Like, again, I honestly as great of a tactician as Scott is. I'd still probably take Wolverine just because Wolverine of that, over him too. because of that, not just experience, but he also has those enhanced senses that help him. Exactly. That help him exactly. process all this stuff.
0: He can get data physically. Get data that Cyclops can't
1: get. You know,
0: like, like Cyclops said, we had to rely on um, Wolverine or some other uh, yeah. mutant and again, that, that had that ability.
1: Like if it was an environment where like Wolverine's sense of smell and hearing wouldn't be able Sight. to come into play,
2: mm-hmm.
1: Cyclops would probably be about equal to him. Yes, but without that. It's basically going in Wolverine's favor still heavily. Yeah. He just doesn't like the leadership. He he'd rather just be the soldier.
0: But you know, did you ever see that uh, that issue where Wolverine was in Madripoor and he he used the special effects from a movie house there? To fool a lot of the, the 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 enemy that he was going up against because they had a huge army, to fool them into thinking that the American uh, superheroes had landed, and were taking out their uh, uh, soldiers, he had them thinking the Fantastic Four was down there. He had them thinking the Avengers was down there. He did all this stuff. Wolverine is tactic is a tactics genius when he want to be. It ain't it ain't all just. Um, I'm gonna run head first, headlong, claws first, cutting stuff up. No, nah, it's more to him than that. And I like when they explore that side of him.
1: Yeah. But yeah, like it goes to point though. It's like they have that chemistry. They've built it up. They've there's been the implied romantic interest between them over years of storytelling. Right. Every time Storm and Thor interact there's that those that sense of flirtatiousness between them they're constantly doing this they're they're always backing each other up when they're in the right. same thing together right with the exception of avx
2: but <laughs> but, but
1: avx is one of those ones where most x-men fans hate it most avengers fans hate it it was That's a, true. it was not a the storyline itself had potential but it was not done well there were some great parts of it right but it was not necessarily done super well from a storytelling aspect. It was more of a, we need heroes. to We need a big event. What can we do? Right. X Men and Avengers haven't fought each other in a while. Let's do that. And there you go.
0: Yeah, it's funny because. But it's
1: like you you never really got the storyline building up. Of no. Never. Black Panther and Storm, where it seemed flirtatious, it seemed it. Like you, you might get the odd comic issue going back, it's like, Oh yeah, they knew each other when they were like ten years old and they had yeah, the crushes on each history. other. Red retcon history, yeah. You didn't have the build up to it. That's my only problem with because Right. Again, I don't actually care. It's like it just seems like it was the two big black characters. Let's put them together. It's and funny because they if didn't Chris build it up
0: if Chris Claremont had his way.
1: Oh, her and Yukio would have been would've, a thing for sure. Yeah,
0: and Storm would have killed implied. Wolverine. Storm would have killed Wolverine. I I have that issue where they let Chris Claremont uh, do um, what he what his eventual plan was for the X Men going forward, and it wasn't pretty. Uh, Storm kills Wolverine, and it, and it turns out she was he's been a villain <laughs> this whole time and shit this whole time. And um, uh, what winds up happening is some some incident takes place where one of Wolverine's claws gets fused with Kitty Pryde. gets fused on her, on her hand, or something like that. And they're trying, they're actively trying to kill Storm for, to get revenge. And so is Sabretooth, because Chris Claremont originally had Sabretooth as Wolverine's uh, father. So he wanted
1: to get revenge for the death of his son. (laughs) Man. It was a whole, I have that book. It was a- (laughs) I'm not sure how I feel about that, but so but again, with how many of Chris Claremont's stories got Mm -hmm. changed by Marvel editorial, maybe that would have made a lot more sense if it wasn't for all the other changes, right? Yeah. Yeah. It's like, again, remember, Mystique was supposed to be Nightcrawler's father. Yes, and Destiny was his mother instead of what we ended up doing because there were were entire storylines about how he wasn't a demon he was just a mutant who looked like that and then all of a sudden Marvel gave us the Draco storyline where it's like, oh, his father is a demon fuck you that was kind (laughs) of like literally the entire premise of his character is the fact that he wasn't a demon, his father wasn't a demon, his mother wasn't a demon, it's just his mutation, and that's literally the, pre- the, premise, that the premise of his yeah. going yeah. into his extreme Absolutely. Catholic faith was Absolutely. heavily because he wasn't a demon. Right. And then the Draco storyline was just like, nah, fuck you, Azazel's his father, he's a demon. <laughs> and again, that storyline all got changed because Jim Shooter didn't want any same sex couples on the yeah. page,
0: yeah, yeah, that was that was part of that. See, and this is the thing, right? There was actually a lot more of, I, I'm pretty sure there were
1: a lot more because yeah, I, types I of know story. Storm is supposed to be uh
0: pansexual. I well, she was pansexual, pan by bi- something like I, I
1: want to say it was bisexual, not pansexual, mm-hmm. but like Storm and Yukio were supposed to be a thing
0: mm-hmm and as a matter of fact, um when you read that when X-Men were in Japan, um you could you 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 see hints of it, right? Oh um even after they came back from it.
1: Japan, you would see storm go on vacation to Japan mm-hmm. for a week
0: mm-hmm. and then
1: came back with that punk rock look. I remember which during that era, that was what all the lesbian bars in Tokyo were like. That like that was legitimately how all the lesbian and gay bars in Tokyo were like. It was it was always those leather clad all that stuff? He goes, she goes to Japan for a week with Yukio, comes back to Yukio in Tokyo, comes back like that. You know where she spent that week? <laughs>
0: yes, indeed.
1: <laughs> like, she had so much. Well, not just her, but like Chris Claremont had so much of his stuff just changed. He wasn't allowed to.
0: butchered. I
1: believe, uh, oh, what was it? I want to, not Sebastian Shaw. There there was one of the male villains that I think was Hellfire Club was actually Mm -hmm. supposed to be gay as well. And he, again, weren't allowed to do that. But he used a specific word that hasn't been used since, like, the 1600s in English. Right, right. That literally just meant another word for my lover.
0: Right, right, right. To basically right, right.
1: say, like, yes, I am gay. Just without using the word so that you he wouldn't get in trouble because nobody really they proofread it. it's like, yeah, it's a real word, so it's not misspelled. Here you go. Let's go through. They didn't actually look up what the definition was, right? To see, like, oh hey, he's actually still making this character gay, even though I said you're not allowed
0: to. What what's funny about all of that is when I hear the um edgelords uh get upset about current stuff, and I'm like, Y'all have no idea how much stuff didn't make it to the comics that the writers wanted in the comics simply because the editorial staff didn't want to deal with the smoke that came with society um, for it being in there. Um, so, a lot of these guys that have been, um, you know, going in on what they consider to be changes in certain characters. Well,
1: I mean, Jim Shooter was also kind of homophobic.
2: Mm-hmm. Like, mm-hmm. He, he
1: wasn't straight up, like, outright homophobic, but he did maintain straight personal absolutely no gay no lesbian no trans Mm -hmm. no nothing like Mm
0: -hmm. that yeah
1: then you have like rob liefeld who's straight up actively homophobic actively
0: transphobic
1: actively just not a good person
0: actively has shitty artwork (laughs) with body parts
1: on top of his shitty artwork he's just not a good person either right and like The fact that, like, Jim Shooter was, like, the editor-in-chief had final say on everything. Liefeld had a fairly big run on the X-Family comics, or a couple of big runs on the X-Family of comics. Right. So, their views did affect it to... Yeah, absolutely. ...a fairly significant extent.
0: And for those crying about uh, censorship nowadays... Like you don't see that as censorship that, that, that these writers wanted to do certain things with these characters, and the editors was like, nope, nope, we ain't having you do that. You would you not pissed at that, um, but you you pissed because uh, Jonathan Kent kissed a the boy. When when we were introduced to Jonathan, when he was five or six or some shit like that, eight something oh, like yeah. that, long before, oh, too young to have had any kind of romantic relationship. So you can't say. Oh, they just changed him and no, we you they never talked. He was a kid. And now he's what, like 16 in the comics? Guess what? Some people be gay. Like that's just, yeah. that's just what it is. That's
1: just what it is. Well, we yeah, gay. It's like, like they weren't allowed to make Iceman gay. So what they did is they just always implied it. Right. Right. You know, exactly. they always did things like when Jean gray showed up and it's like all the guys were looking at her like, Oh my God, she's so cute and all this. And he's just like, whatever. It's just another girl. (laughs) And then they also had like panels where it just showed him like hinting and staring at like, uh, Warren Worthington. So yeah. And just saying like, Oh man, I really like seeing that. And it's just like, they couldn't outright say he was gay, but they had all the stuff there. So hit, the big announcement when they made him openly gay was just like yeah this is just what they wanted to do way but back you know, in the day and the, they the weren't allowed to
0: that, the the fact that these people were reading these same things and not saying that like they didn't they didn't read any of that in there right so so it just seemed they may be the wrong people to be having this discussion, right? Like about compass. like you, it was right there the whole time. You read these things. You said this was your your childhood uh, uh, experiences and memories, and you didn't see, you ain't see none of that, none of it. Just saying, yeah. they might be the wrong people to be having that conversation. You know, but yeah. It's 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 whatever. Um, all I know is, I I would I would like to see more. Of the writers that are still active that had these ideas for the characters to be given a shot, like they gave Chris Claremont a shot to, even though they took it off of the, the main continuity, but uh, for us to see where they were gonna go with these characters if the editorial staff at the time would have let them. Cause that, I think those would be interesting stories, you know. And then we can also compare to see if the editorial staff was right, meaning the direction they chose is a better direction. For story wise, we can compare, we contrast and compare. Like, uh, because it doesn't necessarily have to be that the writers were always right about whether or not this would have been a good story plot point. No, but I would like to see it anyway. So let me be the judge of it. You know, and now and they look, they've had uh, what for for Marvel they had What If? For DC they had Elseworlds. They had a platform to be able to do to do those stories without it messing with the regular continuity. So let's see it.
1: Yeah.
0: I would like to read them shits. I would like to read. Them. Um but yeah, bro, I think that's gonna be it for the show. Yeah. Um please, please remember to go and check out my man uh uh jaded nerds celebrity uh gossip beat he actually has a lot more stuff on that on that channel now too um And I think he started a different channel. I'm trying to remember the name of it. But I think he started a different channel where he does these um, analytical breakdowns of old grim fairy tales. And I watched one of them. It was pretty dope. So that might be something people want to look out for. Um, Also, don't forget the Black Culture Geeks podcast every Saturday at 11 Um, a.m. Eastern Time. And, of course, don't forget the uh, Majestic Comics YouTube uh, channel as well. Um, there's, we're about to get a whole bunch of um, content actually up on that channel because I'm going to continue the Majestic Musings, excuse me, Majestic Moments uh, show because we are in current production of issue one and it's going to be explosive so I have to do um, a bunch of uh, character videos on some of the characters that we introduced in that one as well um, anything else you promoting?
1: Uh, at this point, not really. Just make sure you uh, keep up on this because we're all gonna keep putting out content for you.
0: Right, absolutely, absolutely. And um, so, for my man Super Side Guy, I'm Tombstone the Dead Man. We are Metas and Mutants, and we are out of here. Peace, peace.